Welcome to the Well Church Daily, where we take a few minutes each day to read a psalm, discuss its application to our lives, and pray over it as a way to anchor ourselves in the reality of God and His Word in a season of uncertainty. My name is Stephen Myers. I'm one of the pastors of the Well Church here in Mustang, Oklahoma. And I just want to start with a real quick apology. Yesterday, I did not get a podcast recorded. I was working hanging with my family and playing with my kids, and the day got away from me. So I apologize. Thank you for your patience. But with that, today we're looking at Psalm chapter 6. So we're just going to jump right in and read Psalm 6. So here's how it reads. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love, for in death there is no remembrance of you. And Sheol, who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. For the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. Well, many church fathers and scholars call Psalm 6 the first of several psalms of repentance. So, if you know much about the life of King David, you probably know that he sinned in a pretty big way when he committed adultery by making Bathsheba sleep with him and then effectively having her husband killed to try to cover it all up. I mean, pretty rough sequence for the king, right? Which, by the way, I, I sort of love the fact that the Bible doesn't cover up the sins of its heroes. David was referred to as a man after God's own heart, but obviously he sinned in a very significant way. And it's just a reminder for us that even the best men are mere men. And though David is thought of as an heroic character in the storyline of scripture, moments like his great sin against God and Bathsheba and Uriah and all, and all that whole sequence in his life, moments like that remind us that his role in the redemptive story is ultimately to point us to the real, real hero, who is Jesus. So this psalm starts out with a plea from David that the Lord would not rebuke nor discipline him in his anger or wrath. And that language of anger and wrath, if we were to be honest, sometimes bothers us when it's attributed to God. We don't really like to think of God as wrathful, but there's actually great encouragement in this psalm when we see God for who he actually is and not the way we feel like we want him to be. His anger and his wrath are evidences of his holiness. So here, when, when he talks about his anger and his wrath, we need to understand God's not throwing a temper tantrum. He's not flying off the handle. Instead, he's responding to rebellion and sin in an, in an appropriate way, one demanded by his holiness. Because God is holy, which means he's perfect, he's other, he's sinless, he's blameless, he's completely and perfectly righteous. And because he created people in his image to be representatives of his glory and creation, he cannot allow sin to flourish. So there's a problem. God hates sin. In the New Testament, we see that the wages of sin is death. Our sin, like David's, is a very serious problem with very serious consequences. 
And in verse 2 and 3, we see that David's sin affects his whole person. He's languishing. He, his, his bones are troubled and his soul is troubled. This is a far cry from the peace that God intends for his people to live in. Not only does sin deserve God's wrath, but sin also ruins our life. It promises great reward, but turns on us and delivers great sorrow and trouble. But notice the shift that happens in the rest of the song. David calls on God's steadfast love to save him. And and this is where we hear the rumblings of the good news in this song. David has earned God's wrath because of his sin, but now calls upon God and his steadfast love to deliver him. Like how amazing is it that the one who could rightly and justly condemn instead because of his steadfast love delivers and saves. Now, it's important to mention that the language throughout the rest of the Psalm is language of repentance. David here is weeping, he's experiencing grief. He's contrite and broken. He's coming in a posture of humility. David is calling upon the Lord to save him from his evil and save him from those who do evil, who would seek to harm him. And the reason he has people who are seeking to harm him, it's a situation that he's found himself in because of his transgressions. But here's the point. God delights in delivering those who humble themselves and call out to him. The Lord accepts David's prayer at the end of the psalm because David is repentant and contrite. Throughout the Bible, we hear this principle, this truth, that God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The good news of Jesus is that though we are sinful and deserving of God's wrath, God punished our sin in Christ. Jesus took our sin and bore the wrath of God for us, delivering us from evil. The gospel is that what what God demands of us, he provides for us in Christ. He demands righteousness. And in the gospel, Jesus gives us his. In our sin, he he demands justice. And in the gospel, the, the death of Jesus is justice being given. The gospel is not steps to be a better you. It's jaw-dropping news that God and his steadfast love has delivered us from death by giving his son to take our place. So, in a season of uncertainty, know this, God in his steadfast love is inviting you to repent, that means to turn from sin, and to him, because through Christ, he has delivered us from the power of sin, from the wages of sin, which is death, and from the outcome of sin, which is shame. Instead of shame because of our sin, we are now accepted because of his son. So God, we come before you, and we're grateful that you are gracious. We are thankful for your steadfast love, and we're so blown away that you do not deal with us according to your anger or your wrath, but instead you sent your son Jesus to take our place so that we could have his righteousness. And so we want to praise you because you have saved us from death. We will remember you because you have saved us from Sheol. We will give you praise. And I pray, Lord, that others who do not know Christ would come to a a knowledge of salvation, would come to salvation because they place their faith in Jesus. So would you cause those who work evil to depart from us? Would you lead us not into into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one? Would you hear our plea and accept our prayer, not on our own merits, but on the merits of Christ Jesus? It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.